Hey everyone, this is Lynn Bartim, and you are listening to the Apex Hour on KSUU Thunder 91.1. In this show, you get more personal time with the guests who visit Southern Utah University from all over, learning more about their stories and opinions beyond their presentations on stage. We will also give you some new music to listen to and hope to turn you on to some new sounds and new genres. You can find us here every Thursday at 3 p.m. or on the web at seu.edu slash apex. But for now, welcome to this week's show here on Thunder 91.1. All right. Well, welcome in, everyone. Happy New Year from the Apex Hour. It is January, and we are back at it. Um, We're here every Wednesday at 3 p.m. here on KSUU, Thunder 91.1. And I'm so excited to be starting the Apex events back up for spring. We have a great lineup. You can always find out more about us on the website, which is uh, suu.edu slash Apex. uh, And it'll list all the events there. Our events are live. You can come and watch them on campus, uh, but they're also live streamed. And if you want to watch them from home, uh, the event stream link is on our website with each calendar listing. You can subscribe to the calendar and add it to your Google Calendar however you want. Today, we have Southern Utah Paranormal Society here. So we have several members from the Southern Utah Paranormal Society, and and they gave their Apex event this morning, and we are going to delve into a little bit more about what it means to be a paranormal investigator. So I'd love to just start by saying welcome, and maybe if each of you could just introduce yourself and say how long you've been with the organization. So Todd, let's start with you. I'm Todd. I've been with them about 10 years now. Cool. And I'm, next. I'm, I'm Tina. I've been with this organization almost 10 years. Awesome. Welcome. I'm Shannon, and I've been involved almost 10 years as well. 10 years <laughs> of uh, like tracking down ghosts. And one thing that we want to tell that's kind of fun is kind of a family affair, right? We've got some familial relationships here. So Tina and Shannon, you're a mother-daughter team, right? Yep. Right. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's tell a little bit about what the organization is. Um, you know, the organization has been going on for about a decade. And now you you have the Cedar City chapter, which you guys are involved in. And then, Todd, you're now in St. George. Yes, the Washington County chapter. Awesome. And so this this kind of came about. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how the organization came to be and what it stands for. And maybe, Todd, give us a little insight. Uh, The group was started by an ex-highway patrolman, a retired highway patrolman, who had an interest in the paranormal. And uh, he hooked up with another individual, Josh Stewart, who had a personal experience, which, Uh when he was younger, got him interested in it. And so they were doing some investigations around town, just the two of them on their own. And they... Josh knew me through other means and asked if they could come to the museum and do a... I used to work at Frontier Homestead State Park. Oh, okay. As manager there. So they asked if they could come do an investigation there. And my only um, qualification was if I could go along with them. All right. So they said, sure. So that's kind of how I got started with them. Um, and then how did you how did you guys get involved with us? I got involved through your wife, Susie. 
Ah, yes. That works. <laughs> they work together. She talked me into coming, and I haven't looked back. And Susie's an active participant as well. So she is. It's a whole family thing. Uh, that We also have another couple, uh, Jonathan and Charlisa, that are with the group as well. So mm-hmm. husband and wife team. That's great. And so, um, uh, Tina, what was your desire to get involved? I mean, why did you say yes? I've always had some paranormal intuition, I guess you would say. Oh. And I never really kind of understood what it was. And as I watched Ghost Hunters and things, I decided that I needed to delve into more about what this is. So when Susie gave me this opportunity, I couldn't pass it up to try and see if I could figure out what is happening and prove it. So it always been kind of percolating. And then now you had this opportunity. And so you grabbed it. Yes. And then Shannon gets involved. Yeah, I think, you know, just as a daughter of Tina, it just kind of went hand in hand that she was like, okay, so I'm going on this thing. Do you want to go on this thing? And we've always had, you know, we lived in the same home. So we had similar experiences growing up with the paranormal and weird feelings and things like that. So it was just kind of me backpacking on and coming along. I love it. Well, I want to hear about your early experiences too. So tell me now, what is the group now? How can we find you? How can we get involved? Like what, what does the group do exactly in case anybody doesn't know? So we pretty much do free investigations for anyone who wants us to come to their home or their business. And we bring, you know, depending on the size of the, of the building, we'll bring bigger groups or smaller groups. And, um, we conduct an investigation that includes a bunch of different, um, tools and audio recorders. So we can try to, you know, catch whatever is happening there or disprove it. Ah. Um, and we have a Facebook page, which is just Southern Utah Paranormal. Um, if you Google us, you'll find a couple different websites that have information and um, evidence that we've caught and things like that. So Great. that's kind of where we're at. That's so cool. So people come to you and say, like, I suspect that I have, you know, a ghost or I have activity in my home. Can you come check it out? And then the group mobilizes based on that and and takes and finds out. Yeah. And we have done um, some reaching out on our own based on, like, things that we've heard in the community, you know, like this creepy old building or, you know, I've heard about this place. So we'll sometimes reach out to businesses as well, but we do just early early on um, in prior years, our program was called more than ghost stories. Oh, Um, And the idea behind it was there's all these stories circulating in the community about this is haunted, that's haunted and certain claims uh, that people have experienced. So we wanted to go in and either, try and prove it or disprove it to see if there's actually anything behind those stories. That's so cool. So part of it is debunking it and part of it is exploring it and um, tracking it and all of those things. So can anybody join the group? In theory, yes. Um, We try to, you know, get people who really want to be there because it's not all it it seems to be on TV, you know, that's, that's super dramatized and stuff. So if you want to come sit in the dark for a few hours um, talking to maybe nothing and also <laughs> review the hours of audio that come from it, you know, like we want people who are really invested and want to be there and want to help us out. So yeah. once in a while, we try to have an open hunt where individuals can come along, see what we do, see if they're interested. Um, but for the most part, 
Martina. Sorry, I'm <laughs> talking to the people in the hallway. Uh, <laughs> uh, for the most part, um, it, it's a fairly um, consolidated group. I see. And we try and vet anyone who wants to join the group. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have a review process that we go through with uh, people wanting to join us. Of course, totally makes sense. But for anyone listening, if you have a location that you'd like checked out in Southern Utah, uh, or if you'd like to know more about it, um, the Facebook page, or if you want to just Google Southern Utah Paranormal Society, uh, you can find out. I know you guys are excited to get some new searches on the book. So anybody listening, please definitely reach out because they're, they're ready to go for 2021. COVID-19 kind of put a damper on things this past year, but we're hoping uh, this spring we'll be able to get back to it. Yeah. So you're eager for for new places to explore. So please definitely feel free to reach out. Um, I wanted to ask what kind of training um, or uh, external knowledge do you do you guys train with other investigators? Is there a larger group that you interact with? What what sort of training is involved for people who might want to get into this kind of stuff? Do you want to go? <laughs> um, well, first off, if we have new members to the group, we send them out with more experienced members of the group so they can see how we conduct an investigation. Right. The equipment we use, we train everyone on how to use the equipment we have. And then we've put together a series of information sheets for the group to give you guidelines on ghost hunting. The do's of the don'ts, how to use the equipment, um, all the procedures, our ethics, mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. What, do you, well, yep. what else do you want to add? I would agree. That's pretty yeah, much Yeah, we usually just do a ghost hunter too to see how they do and how they fit with the group and how serious they are and all yeah. that fun stuff. Yeah. So. Early on, it was kind of trial and error f- mm-hmm. figuring this out, but after 10 years, we're pretty good at it. Yeah. <laughs> and what are the ethical considerations? Um, you mentioned kind of a code of ethics, and what are some of those um, things to be aware of or be careful of or things that you could take into consideration? I mean, it's mostly like, have permission for where you're going and be respectful and just, you know, like general, I don't know how, I know that we have a whole list of them, but. Yeah. Respectful of property. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We don't go anywhere we're not uh, permitted to. Mm-hmm. Um, we we keep everything confidential if they want us to, or if they're um, open to us sharing the information, we will do that at our programs. But there's a number of places we've investigated. We just don't share that information. Uh, some some good um, evidence that we have, but we're not able to share it because they've asked us not to for whatever reason. Or we if have pers- to say it's under, an undisclosed, undisclosed place. Location. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. Well, I know we want to get to our first song, but just to kind of wet everybody's palate, um, I, I'd love to hear maybe one of your early experiences uh, with the supernatural world or the or the paranormal world. And I know that, Shannon, you had one early on as a child. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So um, we first moved to Cedar City when I was about four years old, and we lived in an older house. And um, I would always tell my parents about how I had this friend that would come and play with me and they just thought it was um, a, what do you call them? Imaginary. Imaginary friend thinks I was blanking. Um, And so I would just tell them about, you know, playing with dolls or her telling me stories and all these things. And that just went on for a while. Um, And then I think one day I told my parents that um, 
I talked to my imaginary friend and she was like, do you enjoy when I come and play with you? And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, we have a good time. You tell me stories and whatever. And um, she said, well, you know, more friends will come and visit if you take down the pictures of Jesus on your wall. Whoa. And so that was kind of a big... Um, so you, I mean, like you saw a person mm-hmm. and you remember, you remember what she looked like. Yeah. Was she um, uh, like airy or translucent or was she just like a very real person? From what you? I remember, she was just like a person that and I, I didn't knew even. Her name. Yeah. Margaret. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then she spoke to you and you, I mean, you feel like it was a voice that you heard just like anybody else. Yeah. And she would like tell me about her day and tell me stories and all different kinds of things. Yeah. So it was yeah. a little frightening actually. <laughs> yeah. And then she mentioned the pictures of Jesus and and I think that I heard that mom said, That's it, we're moving I out. Did, yeah. Yes. We moved really quickly after that. Oh my gosh, that is such an amazing story. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, well, it's time for our first song. Um, You know, I always try to pick songs for different reasons uh, that match the show maybe somehow. This first song is called Reflections at Dust, and it's not so much the title, but the the vibe of the song I think has sort of a nice, um, I don't know, maybe otherworldly quality to it. It's an instrumental, uh, instrumental, and the composer is Jennifer Beller, and um, it's just a really kind of interesting piece. So you're listening to KSUU Thunder 91.1. This is the Apex Hour, and this is Reflections at Dust.
Okay, well, welcome back. So that song was called Reflections at Dark. Um, and the artist is Jennifer Bellar. You hear um, vibraphone and harp and some audio enhancement there. And, and yeah, it's just a kind of cool, we were saying off air, uh, creepy relaxation vibes, which is perfect for a ghost hunt. Oh my gosh. So welcome back into the studio. This is Lynn Vartan. You're listening to KSU Thunder 91.1. And welcome back to the members of the Southern Utah Paranormal Society. What I'd love to do now is kind of have you take me through, like walk me through a paranormal ghost investigation. So it starts with what? How much preparation ahead of time do you guys do? Well, we do quite a bit. We try to research the history of the location if we have that, depending on obviously where we're at. Like all of Main Street, we can research what was there, what's there now, what the history of the places is. Mm-hmm. We have that conversation with the owners mm-hmm. or whoever lives in the home or business yeah. at the time and see what so the like story the is. like pre-interview. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We have that conversation. Sometimes it's good to know what you're getting into. And sometimes I prefer not to know oh. because then I don't go in tainted expecting right. a child or expecting a certain response or activity. Right. So it just kind of depends for me on the location, but I like the history piece. That sort of um, brings up another question that I had, which is, you know, I watch these shows and everything. And, and one of the things that I'm always struck by is that once people tell me what I'm supposed to be hearing or what I'm supposed to be seeing, then it's instantaneously <laughs> clear. So uh, that must be part of it for you that you have to kind of um, really be a sort of a clean slate each time. Mm-hmm. Is that, do you feel like you have to consciously, like you were saying, kind of do that is mm-hmm. that is that something that you all do yeah like it's good to know the history and things that other people have experienced there but then also kind of like compartmentalize and like go in with a fresh mind and just you know start with your hunt and go through it and not to think too much about yeah. it right right so then the day of um is it like you pack up a bunch of gear and then snacks and what what kind of what's the <laughs> yes <laughs> amount exactly. of stuff that we're talking about yeah we've got a few suitcases full of equipment and tools that we use and we do usually bring snacks of some kind or water mm-hmm. bottles or whatever we're going to need especially if we're going to be there for a long period of time and how long is it usually is it a three-hour block all night it really depends but typically it's at least a couple two three hours i think is the general chunk of time that we do yeah we, we've gone i think as long as eight hours or so at some locations yeah i would definitely need snacks right yeah, exactly <laughs> and so uh, what kind of setup time so you and, and do you and i guess my first question is do you always go at night is it always at night not always most of the time but not always. yeah and the reason for that you touched on that a little bit why is it so much better to do these ghost hunts and do ghost hunting at night there's fewer distractions in the evening, especially if the business is closed, if the family's gone, the house we're at. Plus, also think about a flashlight. If you go out in the middle of the day and shine it, right, it's not going to have much effect. Right. So if spirits or entities are trying to manifest, they're not having to compete with the sun right. during the daytime. So at nighttime, supposedly there's greater manifestation of those energies. Okay. And then, okay, you get on site. And then is there like a specific kind of setup that you do? Like, 
10 steps that you go through and put everything? What's the setup for the, for the, t- for the waiting? I feel like usually we go in and we get like a rundown and a tour from the owner who lives there. And we do um, sweeps of electromagnetic fields and just kind of get a basis for everything before we start our investigation. And we determine, you know, how long, like what groups are going to go where and how long we're going to spend in each place and just kind of get the lay of the land first before Mm -hmm. getting into anything. And we'll we'll divide up into teams and then divide up the equipment between the teams so we have as much coverage as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then there's the gadgets. (laughs) So most of your gadgets are audio capture. You do a lot of audio capture and a lot of motion sensors. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about, um, I know we went over some of these earlier, but maybe your... Um, favorite or most um, most useful, most potent um, of the of the tools that you use. I think the greatest amount of evidence we've caught is with uh, just a digital recorder. I mean, we have a lot of other equipment, um, but that's probably where we uh, garnered the most evidence from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the basic. You can just take it if you're doing your own home or your own business. You know, you can just have your phone recording or a basic, you know, office recorder device and use that for what you will. And then when you play them back and research them, because many times you catch things that you don't, you don't hear on site with Mm -hmm. the naked ear or or that you're not aware of that you're hearing. And so then when you research them back, um, you presumably amplify it quite a bit. Are there any other treatments that you go that you put the audio through to make it um, extra discernible? It depends on the software that people have on their computers. You can slow it down, you can speed it up. There's filters you can apply to reduce some of the background noise. You can do amplification. It just depends on how it's coming through. My preference preference when I do my own is to leave it natural. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Do as little as possible. Because Mine too. that's what you're hearing. Right. Uh, but on occasion, if it's faint or you need to uh, get it a little more articulated, you can slow it down a little bit. But for the most part, it's just the natural recording. Well, speaking of, we have some. So let's see. Let's maybe give our audience a taste of one. Which one should I cue up here for you? Um, how about we go to one on Main Street called MSA Go Away? Okay. I'm queuing it up right now. So, and, and give us a little, yeah, give yeah, us a little p- background. There's some, people don't know this, but there's apartments up and down the historic part of Main Street. Um, they're usually up above the businesses and buildings that are there, um, but they're not being used now. There, there's a couple that are still being used. This one actually has people still in it. Oh. But some of the older ones, like from the 1940s or so, no, they're not used anymore. Uh, so they're fascinating to go in. But this one is still occupied. They were experiencing um, some activity there, asked us to come in. And so we caught this. And, and what's interesting about this particular clip is they're telling us something. Okay. So I don't know if you want to play it first and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, let's play it. I'm going to crank the volume on it and let's see if we can we can get it going here. Okay, cool. Let's do it one more time. Very 
Oh my gosh, I totally heard that. And it was pretty clear in my headphones. So hopefully it came through. So tell us what that was. Go away. Yeah, it's like a whisper in there. <laughs> uh-huh. So you can hear some of us talking in the background, and then this whispery voice comes over the top of us saying, go away. Let's check it out one more time and listen for that go away um, just a few seconds in. Right there. Yep. yep. So, um, you know, we don't try to provoke any entities that might be there, but just like people, you know, around us, some the times they like their own space. Right. And they prefer we not bother them. So if we had heard that with our ears, we would have left. Yeah. But often we're, we're just catching it on our audio recorders. And of course, we, we've been talking a lot about if only this was a science and if only we had the sort of empirical scientific method, you know, to, 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 to really back it up. But I wanted to ask you, you know, you talked a little bit about, so those are very clear words once you hear it. And can you just give our audience just a bit of, um, you know, like how spirits manifest orally? We were talking about um, some residual energy versus um, intelligent interactions. Can you give us just a little bit of a lowdown on that? Sure. So intelligent basically is what it sounds like. They they can interact with you. They can, um, you know, talk and move things. Um, but a residual hunting is more that their energy is just stuck here doing the same thing. So like um, I've heard before that in old houses that have been renovated, they'll see a entity or a spirit walk through a wall. And then when they go back and look at the blueprints from before things changed, like that's where a door used to be. Yeah. And they would, you know, walk through that doorway or something like that. So that's the difference. So there. like a video that's on loop or exactly. something yes. that's just kind exactly. of going mm -hmm. and doesn't have consciousness. It's like, like a residual hologram or something right. yes. almost. Yeah. Okay. And then the intelligent ones are able to interact and, do you have any sense of how or why you think they're able to manipulate words? Because it's presumed probably energy that then is able to somehow manipulate other things. Is that maybe how it works? What yeah, do you that's, think? I think that's the base idea. Yeah. We don't really know. Right. But we just, you know, we think that they can, um, in theory, maybe harness energy from different things or they have their own energy that they can manifest into, you know, movement or visual so. representation or however. And that's where some of the tools come because the, uh, some, some tools like the Rampod, Rampod mm -hmm. and some of the other ones create energy, um, that then perhaps spirits can, um, almost leech in a way or use mm -hmm. in, in that way? Is that kind of how those those devices work? Uh, in, in part, yes. Uh, it can give off that energy, but also it creates fields that if they break those fields, it gives us a signal. The lights come on on the device or it, it makes a sound. It goes. It basically triggers an alarm that we, you know, and that we, we, would, we can see. Yeah, we would know that we didn't disrupt that field because right. we, you know, it's across the room right. or whatever. So... If something that we can't see interacts yeah. with it, we'll know. And what about like heat and cold? Because I know people say, oh, it should get cold. And maybe you can tell us why it should get cold. But then sometimes you see people doing like thermal where we're actually 
spirits are hot spots. Can you talk a little bit about the hot, cold aspect of things? Yeah, because they don't have a physical body like us, they're on a different uh, range of temperatures, supposedly. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, if you have a thermal camera, you're going to pick that up. You might not necessarily see it with your own eyes, but on a thermal camera, it's you get that contrast, whether it's colder or warmer. Right, okay. And also that's why they use uh, digital thermometers. Right. Uh, but they're probably not as reliable. A thermal camera is probably better. Yeah. Same okay. thing with like full spectrum cameras. It's yeah. seeing light waves that we don't with that our eyes. That we can't see, yeah. right. I mean, we can't see UV without something special. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that there would be other parts of the spectrum as well. Right. That's so cool. Should we listen to another one? Yeah, yeah, let's uh, do one that Tina and Shannon were involved with. Okay. So HH uh, Man Talking. Okay. And do you want to give us any background on this one? You can tell us, time. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Shannon and I were going to do an investigation in the Hunter House at the Frontier Homestead State Park. And we initially went in, and there was four rooms that were being remodeled. And we were trying to decide if we were going to do a half hour here and a half hour upstairs or 15 minutes in each room. And this voice came on top of us that we did not hear at the time. Okay. Well, let's check it out. I'm going to crank up the volume here. So hopefully we can hear it and we'll, we'll check it out. So here's another finding. Here's four rooms. We can break it up and do. I'll get you out of the... Okay, that's so cool. Um, it's clearer in the headphones, but let's listen to it again. And then were you able to decipher any of the words that you heard? Oh, well, yes. we think it says, yeah. yes. What do you think it says? So to us, it sounds like it's, so we were talking about staying there for a full hour. And it sounds like the voice says, no, half hour, get out soon. Okay, let's listen again for that. Here we go. There's just four rooms we can break it up and do. I'll get you out, though. I'm going to do like 15 minutes and not only 15 minutes and not for half hour down here. Wow, right there. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's so cool. Awesome. All right. Well, we've had our two little tastes there, which is so cool. And I think it's time for another song. So this song I totally chose for the title. And the title is The Other Side, and it's Tina Dico. This is Lynn Vartan. You're listening to the Apex Hour, KSUU, Thunder 91.1. I had a dream last night The worst in many years Had me biting on my pillow Had me waking up in tears I was knocking on a door I'd been knocking all my life Expecting great things on the other side On the other side on other side expecting great things on the other side there was a beam of light I sensed the time was near I was getting all excited saw my future bright and clear the lock gave out a roar and the door slid open wide 
I was free to walk out on the other side On the other side On the other side Finally free to walk out on the other side But that's when the dream got frightening I was not at all prepared For the empty hall that met me And the truth that lived in there The castle and the king And the diamonds in the sky Were nowhere to be seen on the other side On the other side On the other side No, there were no lights on the other side On the other side, on the other side Yeah, the lights were off on the other side Now if the dream is right And if I'm thinking clear I guess I should be thankful to have woken up right here And not halfway up a ladder into an empty sky Not looking for a better place to live my life No, I think I'll just stay and live it on this side Yeah, on this side, oh, on this side, I'll just stay and live my life on this side, yeah, on this side, oh, on this side, I'll just stay and live my life on this All right. Well, welcome back to the Apex Hour. Um, we're so glad that you're listening. That song was called The Other Side um, by Tina Dico, D-I-C-O, if you're interested. Speaking of songs, um, as usual, all of these songs that you hear on the Apex Hour are collected on a public Spotify playlist that's called Played on Apex Hour. And you can find that playlist uh, or a link to it on our website, which is seu.edu slash apex. So if you're interested in any of the music. It spans a wide range of genres. But if you hear anything you like, and you want to hear it again, or want to check out other stuff, you are welcome to check out that public playlist on Spotify. So we are talking about the paranormal and we have members of Southern Utah Paranormal Society here. Welcome back. Um, I wanted to ask you about we've been talking about how these things that you've captured um, on on audio, and of course, some photographs as well, uh, are energy, um, collections of energy are stuck energy. Um, and I was curious, do you have any ideas on how energy gets stuck? Is it? Um, is it something that happens? you know, when the person is alive, or is it something that happens after they've passed on, and then their energy is there and then gets stuck in a loop? Or do you have any um, feelings or opinions about that? Like how it gets stuck? That's an excellent question. I don't know if there's a definitive answer. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know about the stuck part. But I definitely believe that like us living our, you know, daily lives and making memories and just, you know, 
doing what we do puts out an energy into the world and into our home. Oh. And so I think that might have a little bit to do with it. Oh, that's a kind of cool concept. So what we put out there affects any residual thing that might be there passing mm-hmm. through even, and it could make it stick. Or, or what we leave behind. Or, or what we, yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Right, it could be a specific event, a traumatic event right. that somebody is stuck or they absolutely love this place, so they're not going to leave. Yeah. it's Or maybe it's just a piece of them that's there. Yeah. I have no idea. Which bridges the the little segue to the next question, which um, has to do with, um, I'm just curious how, uh, if at all, these this work and these investigations uh, sort of coincide or um, interact with your own personal belief systems, um, if you if you have those, and as much as you're willing to share, of course, but, um, you know, sometimes people tend to think, oh, well, it's the paranormal, it's, it's it's there and the people who are interested in it don't maybe don't have a, an, another spiritual belief system. They, there's a, some sort of conflict there, but I was curious what, what your as much as you want to share what your intersections um, and how this co- coincides with your own belief systems. Anyone? Well, you know, I think across the board in most people's spiritual beliefs, religions, there is this idea of an afterlife, something beyond this physical existence where we are right now. And so, you know, that takes into consideration a whole broad scope of people, um, depending on whether you're Christian or Buddhist or Muslim or Hindu, um, that there, there seems to be something common to all those religions that there is some type of existence after this physical life. Right. What that is, we're trying to figure out. We don't exactly know yet. Yeah. Um, you know, religions will tell you there's certain things about it. We're trying to prove it. Right. That that's actually there. Yeah. And and so in your opinion, the, these things can go sort of hand in hand or uh, at least exist in part with a religious practice? Is that... True, or do you? I mean, it seems like it would be. Oh, absolutely. For example, in Buddhism, you know, between this life and the rebirth, there is a middle state um, where you are exist as in a consciousness for a period of time. Mm -hmm. You know, whether that's manifesting in this world or not, it's a good question. But the belief is there that the consciousness exists after this physical body deteriorates and goes its way. Right. And of course, in you know Christianity, there's a belief in an afterlife as well. Right. Mm-hmm. I also believe a lot in like the power that you give something. So yeah. like I'm not particularly religious anymore, but obviously like when I said before the picture of Jesus, like yeah. that meant something back then. You know, yeah. I had a certain power or whatever. So, you know, if you're cleansing your home or, you know, whatever however you're making that happen, like that means something to you and so that has power in some way. Mm-hmm. Do you ever give advice to people about uh, maintaining uh, the energy in their home? Or do you have any um, suggestions for balancing or keeping a positive energy in your home or life? Yes. Um, We actually developed a uh, list of recommendations for cleansing your home and keeping positive energy and spirits there or getting rid of them if you like. 
Um, so we do have that and it's available. Um, I assume it'll be available online at some point, but all they need to do is contact us through email and we can send it to them. Okay, great. So yeah, once again, you can you can Google Southern Utah Paranormal Society or find the Facebook page. And I believe the email is on both of those. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if you're interested in the in that document or ways to cleanse your home or make your home uh, um, as peaceful or as balanced as possible, you can find them there. That's so cool. Um, also, I wanted to ask you, we've been talking about, you know, Southern Utah. Um, but for those who are listening uh, live or who are curious about the different places where you have done investigations, I wondered if you could share some of the, the local places that are particularly memorable for where you've done your investigations. <laughs> oh, that's, we've been all over the place. Um, all along Main Street, yeah. I feel like tends to be a good one because there's a lot of history there. Um, Associated with the historic town of Cedar City. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the downtown Cedar City, all those businesses up and down there, uh, quite active. Yeah. Um, Frontier Homestead State Park, the buildings there. Mm-hmm. Campus. Right. Yes. Campus. Yes. SUU. <laughs> Yeah. That's right. You've done several investigations on campus. So cool. Yeah. And um, uh, how about in, in down, going down south even more? Have you done much exploration there or is that just kind of just starting down in Washington County? We, we've done a little bit in other places like we've done Silver Reef Museum, mm-hmm. uh, Sound Hollow Resort. Uh, we went north to... Um, Outside. Outside. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking at our ghost radar ghost right now. Oh. Uh, we went up to uh, Fremont Indian State Park and stayed overnight for an investigation there. Uh, we also did Territorial State House State Park okay. up in Fillmore. Um, we've done buildings here in town. We have done uh, locations outside of town, um, buildings that are um, in ruins right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, out west of town, we've done archaeological sites. So we've covered the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I was curious about the archaeological sites. How does uh, does the work differ in outdoor locations? And if so, how? I think it makes it more difficult. It's harder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because of the uh, ambient sounds. You can't mm-hmm. control the environment as well. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's difficult. Even for the sure. wind can sound like a ghost when you know yeah, it's just or animal wind. sounds or, you know, who knows. And I was curious if, if the sounds you find outdoors perhaps are even harder to discern uh, because maybe you're dealing with um, even more indigenous people with other languages and things like that. Does that maybe tend to be the case? There could be a communication gap because we're not speaking the same language right. and they may not understand what we're saying. Um, having said that, we did a site uh, a number of years ago and we did pick up a voice on one, and it does not sound English. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. That's I don't so have cool. that with me today. But <laughs> Well, I think it's a good time to listen to another one, though. How about that? What's another one we can sort of uh, invite our audience to listen to? Uh, let's do, well, Sizzler is here in town, you know, a popular eating establishment. Oh, yeah. Let's do one from the uh, dining room. Okay, and which one would that be? I like you. I, I like you. So I have um, Sizzler. Oh, there it is. Perfect. One's Grandpa, one's I Like You. Yes, I've got it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, any preface to this one? Uh, we're, we're just sitting in the uh, dining room discussing something, and this voice comes on towards the end and 
just out of the blue says, I like you. All right. <laughs> Let's is, check it out. Why'd they like you? That is so clear. Oh my gosh. Let's listen to it again. It's like a, a sort of higher whisper that's saying, I like you. Check it out. That is so clear. Oh my gosh. And that one you didn't you didn't hear live. That one Oh no, we didn't hear that at all. Oh, it's amazing. So that's what you catch when you listen back. Well, audio. and speaking of catching things, you were just mentioning, I, I see that Tina is looking at her phone. You've got the app and the app is called Ghost Radar, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And this is the app that you guys have had the best experience. You've tried several of them and it's a, a freely available app, but basically it's a, it looks like a radar device mm -hmm. that you would see on a submarine and you've had it going mm -hmm. and you've seen some activity, it sounds uh -huh. like. Yeah. When we were talking about doing outside investigations, it said outside. <gasps> oh my so, God. You never know. So it comes up with words and things uh -huh. like that. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can see. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's now it showing says it. Facing. 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 Maybe because you turned it to face Maybe. me. <gasps> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's bizarre. Wow. So are there any other um, tools that, 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 you know, if amateurs out there want to sort of get, uh, we mentioned the digital recorder, we mentioned ghost radar on the phone. Is there anything else that, um, that people that are the hot, kind of tools right now i think one of the more basic ones that you can get is the like an emf detector uh -huh. like i think you can get those at most like hardware stores and stuff right yes hardware mm -hmm. stores and get yeah. them off amazon yeah mm -hmm. off the internet that was another thing because i i in doing some research i was looking up some of these devices and things and i was just curious and um, you know the devices is there any sort of centralized um, better sellers than other reputable companies because it seems like there's tons of these devices, uh, these the, like the pods and the detectors and things. Um, are, are there more reputable companies that are emerging in ghost hunting? There are a number of ghost hunting businesses that will carry these particular items, but they're getting them from somewhere else. Oh. So for the most part, you can go on Amazon and get pretty much everything you need. Uh, some things you can get down at Walmart wow. uh, if you want, or the hardware store. Yeah. And how do you know if you're getting a good one as opposed to maybe just like somebody who's just trying to sell you a toy? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't really know. Reviews, reviews, reviews. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Reviews and personal experience. We've had some pieces of equipment that haven't been very good Yeah, that we've discarded over the years. And we kind of over the years, figured out which ones really work yeah. the way they say they do. Yeah. So we, we gravitate towards those. Okay, cool. All right. Well, let's do one more. I think we can uh, do one more and then and then see what other conversation comes out of it. What's maybe one more that we have? How about It's Cold? Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> this one. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Where was this one t done? And tell me about it. This is an undisclosed business here in Cedar City. Okay. Um, it's Charlisa and I in a stairwell of all places. It's not an old building. But the stories are that it sits where some pioneer homes used to be. 
Okay. We're not sure. So um, Charlisa and I are just talking about some of the equipment we use and how it operates. And this voice just comes over the top of us. All right. Check it out. Is that camera and the flash making it go off. And you got to be close to it to break that in mm -hmm. that field. Where's the red on the, the idea for me? We got to listen to that one again <laughs> because it's it's really somebody who kind of stretches out the words. It's mm -hmm. like perfectly in the silence of where you talk. Uh, and was it a cold night? No, it wasn't. Oh, interesting. But it may be cold where they exist. <gasps> right. Oh, okay, let's listen again. Is that camera and the flash making it go off? And you got to be close to it to break that in mm -hmm. that field. Where's the red on the, the idea wow. phone? In that one, I feel like you can, it's it's almost an actual voice with, with sort of sonic, uh, more than a whisper. I mean, Very, it, very present, you know. yes. Yeah, very present. Wow. Okay. Do you have, of all of your experiences, a favorite, each of you, maybe a favorite, for whatever reason, it could be because of anything. It could be because of what you found or because of the feeling that you had or just the story of the place. But I was curious about perhaps a favorite. Shannon, do you have a favorite? Um, I do always enjoy going to the Hunter House and the Frontier um, Homestead State Park. But I think one of my favorites is the first hunt that I ever went to, which was in Boomers. And it was just so new and exciting. And, you know, it was it was just really fun to see the K2 meter lighting up and to hear back the evidence and stuff like that. So that was really exciting. So your first one that kind of got yeah. the adrenaline going and all that. Yeah, exactly. Tina, how about you? Do you have uh, a favorite? I do. We were at an undisclosed location mm -hmm. and we were looking down a hallway to see what we could see down at the end because you could hear motion. I mean, you could hear movement, but you couldn't see anything. So I leaned to the left to look down the hallway and all of a sudden this man appeared in front of me leaned to the side, looked just like I did, and disappeared. And so that, that kind of freaked me out, but it was very <laughs> exciting at the same time. And he didn't try and hurt us. He was just trying to figure out what we were looking at. And could you so, see, like, clothing? Oh, it was like a person had just stepped in front of me and then disappeared. It was and so unreal. Were they see-through? No, it was just, just a, like a person in a flannel shirt standing right in front of me, and he leaned. And then he disappeared. Oh, so my that was my gosh. favorite. That was a fun night. That is intense. It was fun. What do you do? You see things often? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a little. It used to be scary, but I'm not quite so scared of it anymore. Really? Yeah. It's, we have little spirits at our house, and so we've had to kind of take back our home and tell our children that this is your room, and no one's allowed in your room if you don't want them, and. So we've wow. had to work through some of those issues, but yeah, I've seen so way more than I'd like to sometimes. <laughs> and and Todd, have you have all three of you had visual experiences? Have you also had visual experiences? I've only had one single visual experience, and that was in the basement of Cali Drug on Main Street here uh -huh. in town. Um, Jonathan, Jonathan and I were in the basement. I was watching the stairs. It wasn't quite dark outside, so there was a little bit of light coming down. And I could see this dark shadow mist move down the stairs, go back up, come back down. And I thought, my eyes are adjusting to the changing light. Oh. And it wasn't 20 seconds later that Jonathan, there was a, a light that I had from my phone 
because I had a ghost radar going, mm-hmm. and Jonathan could see the wall, and he saw something pass in front of the wall through the light, and he says, Todd, are you up and walking? I said, no, I'm just sitting here. So something just passed right past the wall. This is like, you know, 15, 20 seconds after I saw it come down the stairs. Oh my That's gosh. the one and only time I ever saw anything. I just, I'm not sensitive to things in yeah. that way. <laughs> That's the only one. So that that was pretty exciting. Jonathan and I got quite uh, the thrill of of that experience. Oh my gosh. And would you say that's a favorite or do you have another favorite? That was That's probably one of my favorites, but probably near and dear to me is the Hunter House um, at Frontier Homestead State Park. Because I used to work there. We saved the house. In fact, that's the first EVP I ever heard or we ever caught with the group. Um, Joshua, Joshua, Josh, Josh and I, <laughs> um, we're, we're in one of the rooms. This is during the renovation of the house after it had been moved there in order to save it. And Josh asked the question, are you happy that we saved your house? And well, actually, Josh asked, are you, are you upset that we say that we moved your house? Uh, uh, uh. And I said, are you happy that we saved your house? Yeah. And we get a, a very clear answer, a deep man's voice saying yes. Oh. In fact, it's, I think it's one of those that's on on there on the queue. Oh, okay. I don't know if you want to play it or not, but <laughs> yeah, we can. Let me it's let me do it. H H yeah. Let's H- see if H- I can get those back. I did just shut, shut the folder. Um, uh, we might have to point people to your website for that one. Um, uh, do you have that uh, one up on the site? Uh, on our old site, I don't don't I'm know if it's on, on the, the new, new site yet. yet. But but what's critical to me there oh, is that we made the effort to save the house, restore it preserve it. And apparently the entities there appreciate the fact that we saved their house. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. I do have it here. What's the name of it? H-H-Yes. 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 Okay. I'm queuing it up now. So that'll that'll be our our last one that we get to hear. You hear Josh clicking a, a flashlight and it comes in after I ask the question. Okay, here we go. Or are you happy that we saved your house? Oh, yeah. Very deep. Yes. yes. Let's listen to it one more time. <laughs> it's like a very resonant, like, yes. Right after the click. Or are you happy that we saved your house? Wow, that's cool. That's beautiful. That's one of the reasons we keep going back is because he hasn't told us to get out. Like some places, <laughs> he gives us time limits and allows us to investigate. Talk with yeah. Them. yeah. As their shirts say, I talk with ghosts. Yeah, exactly. Or I talk to ghosts. <laughs> that's so cool. Well, that's a perfect way to end with, with your three sort of favorite sort of memorable uh, moments from from your ghost hunting time. Again, we want to let everybody know this is the Southern Utah Paranormal Society. Check them out on Facebook or the website. Um, if you just Google Southern Utah Paranormal Society, you can find out more. And if you have a space that you would like an investigation to take place on what's going on. They are looking for for places. And and now that we're sort of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel of COVID, um, they can get the investigations going again. So please let them know. Uh, Well, Tina and Todd and Shannon, thank you so much for your time. It's been so cool to hear about all this stuff. Thank Thank you. you Thank you. 
All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to the Apex Hour here on KSUU Thunder 91.1. Come find us again next Thursday at 3 p.m. for more conversations with the visiting guests at Southern Utah University and new music to discover for your next playlist. And in the meantime, we would love to see you at our events on campus. To find out more, check out suu.edu apex. Until next week, this is Lynn Vartan saying goodbye from the Apex Hour here on Thunder 91.1.